1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we're going to be doing an Arnold Clark Cup recap. Lots to get into here. England, champions of this inaugural tournament. We're going to chat all about it. But first, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. And if you're joining us live on YouTube, welcome. You can hit subscribe so that you never miss our exclusive interviews or whenever we go live. And you can drop us some comments in the chat if you like. We would love to hear from you as always. Lisa, how are you doing today? Ready to chat all things Arnold Clark up? I am so ready to chat it. This was a Fabulous tournament. I've got to
0: say that. I loved it. I really enjoyed the competition of it. Um, I'm I'm honestly like glad for England that they won because yeah. they were hosting it, right? Yeah. Like that cut uh we could have crossed into like the embarrassing territory there. Uh, but they didn't came out on top and we're gonna dive into all the nitty gritty details of it. But Sandra, how are you? I mean, inaugural Arnold Clark tournament. Like, did you like it? You like the vibe?
1: This whole, like, little international window that we just mm-hmm. sort of are bidding farewell to, right, these last eight days or so, uh, 10 days or so, where we had Arnold Clark Cup, there was She Believes Cup, right? There's uh, For us, uh, watching in the region, it's W qualifiers, you know, there was just, like, so much going on, not even mentioning the other tournaments like the Algov cup or, you know, to Northern mm-hmm. France, like all of this stuff going on. So I loved it. I loved everything. I mean, I love that we were able to watch, uh, Arnold Clark, uh, Cup couple stateside, right. Paramount plus being able to take in these games. And, uh, I love that it came down to like a final day where like everyone, like each team in their own kind of way, like could have had a shot at, uh, at claiming this, uh, inaugural title, but, uh, it, it was a, it was a thrilling finish to say the least right it definitely was i mean even like heading into today which was the last
0: match day final two games uh, amongst this tournament it was like the standings were tight it almost i mean you and i talked about this off mic yesterday earlier uh this week after last match day that canada could win this it started this morning if sure. canada won this morning they would have won it all but that's not how it happened and i think that's what makes for such an exciting tournament and and makes a lot of people tune in because it comes down to the very last match of this game and and goal differential and yellow card differential of who's going to come out on top of this one and and fun exciting um, unusual tournaments like this with unusual casts of characters and these four nations a lot of fun a lot of
1: fun honestly I enjoyed it yeah I know when we previewed this a a little bit obviously the thing that stood out to us the most was yeah, sure. It's an inaugural tournament hosted by England, right? Four teams, but they're all top 10 team uh, FIFA ranked teams in the world. Spain, Germany, England, and then we were like, hey, look, there's a little bit of a CONCACAF component in this and having Canada be a part of it. And I think just the kickoff, right? To sort of see we had a bunch of draws, right? To sort of kind of open up the 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 tournament and it's round robin style, but the final uh, rankings, how things ended up shaking out, ended up being that there was still a potential, uh, you know, winner for the final day. Nothing was decided until the final match day. And I loved that. I loved that there was going to be this sort of doubleheader involved. We had Spain and uh, and Canada on one end and then England and Germany on the other. And it was just one of those things where it's like we weren't going to know until, we know right so let's maybe take a look at that earlier match uh that kicked off it was uh, canada versus spain spain walking away with a 1-0 win over canada canada starting out the match day right at the top of this table uh they had two points over everybody else right it was kind of like is this is this Concacaf, you know uh team going to go ahead and maybe shock you know the the europeans right on european and so but that was not uh that Mm -hmm. was not meant to be on this day alexis uh, puteas right having her say in this one and that uh that barcelona midfield that we saw really throughout all of the match talk about logging some minutes over the course of this tournament um that was maybe one of the other big takeaways i think that we took from this spain side going in when we did this preview Talking a little bit about the roster in front, right, that that was going to be participating in this, and how ten of the players across Spain's roster were uh, members of FC Barcelona, so there was a, a ton of familiarity there, right? But to see that midfield kind of trio to sort of stay and yeah. get these minutes, you know, in and out, we saw. I think we started to see maybe the right the legs kind of come into play yes. a little bit down the stretch. It was almost going to be a wild finish there between these two sides. This match between Canada and Spain was
0: um honestly one of the best, better ones. I mean, looking just at today, I think the final match was was the most exciting for me. But this one was a good one when you look at the overall of the tournament. Canada is a team that really needs to be tested and head coach for them, Bev Priestman, took this Arnold Clark Cup tournament as a chance to kind of try different things, showcase different styles of players and different personnel. I mean, we saw... uh Uh, goalkeeper Kaylin Sheridan being subbed out halfway through this match, um, which to a lot of people was a bit surprising, but she needs to do that as a head coach and heading into a world cup qualifying summer and a world cup year um, coming off of an Olympic gold medal, have different goalkeepers step into net and try out different patterns. But this Spanish side was lethal, lethal. They did get tired towards the end, but it was really fun For me, as if just a fan and and purely a bystander to watch, Canada had a difficult time breaking down Spain's defense um, and, and kind of unlocking them, picking them apart. Canada did get really good shots, right? They had a banger off the post, right off the woodwork. It was near miss for them, near, near miss. But ultimately, I mean... Canada also was missing big name players like Christine Sinclair, which I think allowed the flexibility for head coach Bev Friesman to switch things up, try different players in different positions. Um, And it, it almost showed a lot for this Canada side, as they look ahead to the future, as well as all of these teams. I mean, these are friendly matches that was happening. Yes, to come out with the cup and the trophy is so important, but these are just friendlies leading up to CONCACAF W championship, the women's Euros, all of which are happening this summer and this July of 2022 that these nations and these teams are preparing for.
1: Yeah, I thought there was maybe a second there when we saw really this game going to stoppage time almost. Where yeah. I was like, oh, six six minutes of of stoppage time! Like this is going to be a chaos o'clock, right?" I like anytime you get more than than five minutes of uh, of stoppage time. I think I, I always sort of say that 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 you're entering chaos territory, right? Mm-hmm. When you have that much. So anything more than that, when I saw six go up there, I was like, "Oh no." I so a like could, that's a long time a long time and we could maybe see something happen here and we started to see uh you know uh, some different looks here some some more pressing you know more urgency uh loved watching Ashley Lawrence throughout this entire yes. uh, tournament you know uh when we were doing our previews for attacking third when we were doing them uh you know for for cbsports.com she was a player that we had as a as a player to to watch just really sort of embodies uh, really what what I think coaches are looking for when we're looking at, uh, you know, the progression of that kind of fullback position, right. In this era of women's uh, women's football. So watching, watching her sort of really try to pull the strings and really try to spearhead something for Canada, especially down the stretch there and just to not see it kind of pay dividends. It was like, ah, so close. Right. Yeah. But something I think of interest to talk about with when I'm talking about her is maybe that kind of late game scenario where we saw the yellow issued with the dive. Yes,
0: uh, this this was probably one of the craziest dives I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it happening, watching it in real time, I was like, "Huh? Did I miss something there?" Because it didn't it didn't look like a foul even in yeah. real time. And then as soon as you saw the slow mos it was like, "Okay, this is just." a complete and utter dive, which we actually saw something, uh, a similar, like no VAR situation happening in the later game between Germany and England that we'll get into. But the no VAR in this tournament allows for teams to play a little cheeky like that. I mean, <laughs> i like, why not like go for it? But this was, this was a little bit crazy. Um, as you talked about like all the things that were happening, a lot of these players for the Canada side, you have to remember are in preseason with their NWSL clubs in the States. So that's also like goes into effect is some, some of these players are in the middle of their season. Some of them are in their preseason and a little bit out of form. It's a little bit all over the place. So, okay. So what did you think of the dive, Sandra? What did
1: you think of the yellow and the dive? I absolutely laughed a little bit. I think we see that (laughs) and you're just kind of like, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I think in the moment, I think maybe the urgency of the moment, it, you can get caught up in your head a little bit, right? So we see uh, Chloe, the case, sort, sort of. Make a move like she made a choice, right? That's a conscious yeah. choice to make for you, but I think it's a it's she's gonna look back and maybe be a little disappointed at it in that she had already done enough work to, to be a defender prior to that, right? So just go ahead and uh, uh make your case, so to speak. And she opted for, for that instead. And the yellow came quickly, honestly. Uh, okay. it, it was it was like you're not fooling kind of anybody <laughs> on, the, on on this day, right? So it's uh, it's important to see, but I'm, I'm in agreement with you, I think it's an it's a important important thing to note, right that there's a when you're looking at Canada's roster there's a chunk of players who are with NWSL sides kind of uh you know going through their preseasons right now maybe there's a bit of rust that still needs to be kicked off and then on the other side you could take a look at a number of players on this roster who are playing in Europe right and who are a little bit more informed so when we're watching watching this game you know seeing somebody like in Ashley Lawrence you know doing what she was doing watching Jesse Fleming right getting covering what. Look like every blade of grass yeah. out there. Yeah. At, at one point, you know. Uh, you know, even uh, you know, watching uh, Kadisha B- Buchanan having to clean up some things, right? You know, players that are clearly informed and in playing uh, in, you know, in with the European sides right now, uh, but it just you. Kind of wondered if maybe there was gonna be uh, you know, that sense of urgency that they were playing with towards the end mm-hmm. was gonna pay off. But unfortunately, uh it just didn't. So with the results.
0: And and also this, the goal from Spain and Alexis Putieras came so early on in the 21st minute, which ultimately shifted kind of the rest of the match for both sides because Canada now is playing catch up. Um uh, even, like, heading into the half, it was almost like, okay, we're down a goal. You you have to put a little bit more urgency into what you're doing. And Spain at that point was like, we're going to bunker down. We're going to play really solid defense and not let you in, Canada. And that's really what happened. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. this 1-0 scoreline uh, started the day very interesting.
1: You know, I just think that uh, it just says – The the loss, I think, says a lot about right Canada, and I think the win also says even more about Spain. You know, it's one of these things where it's just like maybe we wanted to see a little bit different things tactically, you know, from Canada. Maybe we didn't get to see that throughout uh, a ton of this tournament, and then on the other side, you're looking at a team like Spain who has. A number of players who are, you know, already familiar with each other have the best player in the world right on their team and Alexis with uh watching them put together this performance and sort of having it just be like a one goal win and still I sort know. of see them do what they did on the pitch. It's they're an incredibly like beautifully frustrating team yeah. to play. And I love watching it in any capacity uh, that we're able uh, to get. And so with this result, it stood at the time that Spain had a likely shot at uh, claiming this title uh, in the Arnold Clark Cup, though uh, there was still another game that had To be played, so it was it was thrilling. I think for me, like I know you and I were texting each other a little bit, like messaging each other. So like even knowing during this game, it's like oh gosh, like there's still more uh, soccer uh, that we need to uh, to to chat about here. But I think. Even in the moment, just staying in the moment of things. I think we can both agree at the time, like watching a team like Spain, we're just like, gosh, like this team is doing something very special right now. It, it just well, made it camped for like yes. the heroes,
0: you know? So heading into this Arnold Clark Cup, it was dubbed as the, t- the top four teams and top 10 10- FIFA rankings. I'm sorry, four of the top 10 teams in FIFA rankings. I'm getting so excited I can't speak. And Spain listed as the lowest in that at number nine ranking. They played well, well above a number nine ranking against Canada today. And I don't know if it's almost like the mindset and like chip on their shoulder. Spain is is being seen as not... Uh, maybe a a nation that could come into this Arnold Clark and steamroll. I know when we talked about it, we were like, Germany is going to be tough to break down and England is the host and Canada is gold medal winner. So what's going to happen with Spain and Spain showed up. They were looking to prove themselves and it's really setting the tone ahead of the women's euros uh, uh, in this upcoming summer. I mean, Spain, fantastic, really, really fun to watch and getting on the board early definitely played into their game plan of how they could, be a bit more defensive-minded throughout the second 60 minutes of the match.
1: Yeah, whether it was, uh, you know, watching somebody like Mapi Leon, right, on the back line, Mm -hmm. just sort of making sure that, Never was a a moment of, you know, tense moment for them on the defensive side of things to, to you know, Putea's obviously doing what she does and, you know, having Del Castillo sort of being able to also pull strings, you know, and that opening goal, just finally watching them have it all click and connect and being able to utilize such minimal space at some time, but still be able to find these lanes. It was very, very impressive and uh, delightful to see. So uh, it was uh, exciting. I think it set the stage, I think, even more For us, uh, you know, knowing that there was going to be a second defining match right later on in the day between England and Germany and Lisa and I will take a deeper dive into that match specifically right after a quick break.
2: Get iXL now and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
3: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Big match against England and Germany. Again, during watching these teams play throughout uh, the round robin style, just sort of seeing how maybe at even at times it kind of felt. while at other times you could sort of see like, eh, this isn't really clicking. I mean, again, during our, we'll, we'll throw it back to our preview a little bit here, Lisa, when we were talking about Germany specifically, right? Probably the biggest storyline around them coming into this uh, tournament was the fact that they're missing a lot of players. There was a ton of players that they were potentially going to have going to this tournament. Then, Players that who had to pull out be pulled out due to injury. And there was a little bit of a question mark of how they perhaps were gonna go ahead and perform in this in this type of event. I think that comes
0: down to a lot of it in this one because Germany was missing over a dozen of their national, like normal starters for this national team, whether it was due to COVID or some injuries that they were picking up and still nagging a little bit. Um, because of that, though, it was truly next man up mentality for Germany. And I think that those younger players or maybe players that don't have as many caps or as much experience as the more veteran players were looking to prove themselves in this one because, again, the Euros are coming up and this is where these nations start to build for their team and their roster because of that. But, um yeah, I mean, Germany has always been lethal and they've always been consistent in what they do so well and what they are lethal at it's relentless defense it's using the flanks it's sending crosses into the box and and then it's getting back on defense and swarming the ball it's it's been the same for years for them they know what they're doing um and, and so then to kind of watch them against this english side was, this was a great match. I mean, of course we knew everything was on the line, right? The Arnold Clark cup title, the inaugural title was on the line. England as hosts of this tournament were had a lot of pressure on them because they hosted this tournament. They brought it all together. You want to bring home the cup when you're hosting a a tournament in its inaugural season, but now it comes down to the wire against Germany and an English, English side that didn't really control their destiny up until this final match. And that's really just kind of how the chips fell in this tournament. When you look at Germany and England, I mean, uh, watching this game, is this is, were you expecting this outcome? I mean, 3-1 ultimately in the end.
1: I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not going to say that I was expecting a 3-1. But I think with the way the tournament shook out, with the way this final match day shook out, I don't know how you don't, you're not the lionesses, right? Keeping an eye on what's going on as the host's in your inaugural cup and saying, okay, now we know, like, this is our job. Our job is to go out there and and to win. So I don't know if anybody really saw, uh, you know, a 3-1, you know, England against the German side here. But let me tell you, the way in which it happened, thrilling to say the least. Uh, I also really just liked, I think my favorite thing about this match was maybe really seeing, like, what, like, this is what this era of, you know, England women's national team football is, is going to be right. There's, there's been a little bit of, of chatter about, you know, Serena Wigman and her arrival to this program. And is she, you know, she, is this going to be the head coach to, to take this national team to to glory, right. And to sort of uh, be the one to implement that type of winning culture when it comes to titles. Right. And sort of seeing this team and sort of seeing what they kind of were putting out their tactically, but spe- specifically within this final match alone. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. That She was someone who showed that she's not really afraid to roll the dice, you know, when it matters tactically uh, in this match. And I think to credit, to credit the, the roster, to credit the players, there's a level of buy-in there. There has to be a level of trust in which it goes both ways, right? Where you've got your coach, making these mid game adjustments. And then the person on the pitch saying, okay, like we know what to do. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's execute. Right. So we kind of yes. saw that really coming to play more in the second half and the later stretches of the game, because yeah. in early parts of the game, we kind of saw kind of an even match, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, England scoring first, getting on the board with a goal from Ellen White. Um, I mean, really pretty goal. Honestly, team goal for them. I mean, dribbling right down the center. It made Germany's defense look weak at that point in the game, which Germans, the Germans' defense is not weak by any means, but for Ellen White and and also Fran Kirby able to just combine and get right into the box, a really nice flick on from Fran Kirby. Holy cow, watching Kirby play is so fun. It's fun. Like this match was, I mean, I had nothing, no stakes in it. I was just watching it for fun and to recap it on here. And because I love football and it was a lot of enjoyable football to watch because of that. Um, Yeah. I mean, England is a team that, can play and ultimately to see how their game plan unfolded towards the end of this match. After going up a goal and then conceding one to the German side, which levels the game up at halftime. Heading into the tunnel, it's it's one one for both of these sides. For England, that's I think where a lot of the conversation happened at halftime of assessing the first forty five minutes of the match and and what Germany was doing really well against England, and that's using the flank, sending very dangerous crosses into the box. And England kind of saying, OK, Millie Bright, can you score for us again? Uh, because she had scored earlier in the tournament and, and kind of looking at all of the pieces of the puzzle. Also, we saw a little bit of rotation happening for this England English side in the second half as well. Um, but I mean, the changes coming from England in what the 80th minute that changed everything for this game and I I don't know if we're jumping to that yet or if we're going to talk about the first
1: 70 minutes of this one no let's talk about the ending let's do it yes
0: The best part of this game, 80th minute, uh, England is they have everything on the line at home in front of fans that they have for this friendly tournament. They're looking to win their inaugural tournament. And at the 80th minute or so, England decides to lose their backs, their outside backs, and they go with a three back, which sends Millie Bright, who is the center back, a tremendous player for the English national team to the front line. She can score goals. She can do anything. She's really one of those players that's like, Um, If you give her a job, she's going to do it to her fullest. And at that point, it was like, all right, Millie Bright, can you score a goal for us? Puts her up top. Um, At this point, it's dangerous because the Germans are very good at using the flanks of the the field. And now England doesn't have outside backs to apply pressure to the flanks. So when they get the ball wide, the entire English back line, which is just three of them, need to slide over to the flanks, which leaves the entire backside of the net wide open Luckily for England, though, I mean, uh, Lauren Hemp, holy cow, just slithering her way through defenders and and making her way towards goal. Uh, Millie Bright scores in the 84th minute, so just four minutes after this huge formational tactical change that England throws out there. And then... uh, couple minutes of added stoppage time about 10 minutes later three 94th minute for third or fourth minute into the stoppage time another goal from England and they end this one three one but the goal is happening between the 84th and the 94th minute the most exciting goals happening. Yeah. all of the really fun exciting uh, action happening then uh, this was so fun to kind of watch unravel towards the end of this match.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you sort of saw the scenes there, right? In uh, in the broadcast, you know, watching the shots of Spain, watching, you know, the results and how things were going to shake out or how they were going to play out. But I, I loved it, even though it got really amped up towards the end. There's nothing wrong with that, right? The drama that people sort of live for. But uh I love the way these goals ended up developing, right? You had the one, like you said, Lisa, coming right out of that uh, that adjustment tactically, and then you know seeing not only Fran Kirby, right, Spe- really spearheading that uh, that go-ahead goal uh, in, in the in the eighty-fourth minute or so, but then getting one of her own in in stoppage time. It just sort of like felt uh, like correct, right? It's like oh yes, it's like yes. this is how it needed to go down. A goal Super that Fran Kirby. Kirby.
0: Yes, a goal that Fran Kirby did not need, that the English did not need in this moment. I mean, she gets the ball on a breakaway. I love Fran Kirby at the 10. She deserves to play there as that striker. Um, She could have, right, I mean, the broadcast was saying this. She could have gone to the corner. She could have just held the ball, passed it around, kept possession for England as the final minute or so of the stoppage time was winding down on the clock. Instead, she goes straight to goal cheeky little move around the last defender and, and finds the back of the net is she needed that, right? Like she was so pumped after that one. She needed it. She needed to put a little Fran Kirby magic Uh, on the game.
1: No, I loved it. I love, I love going for the the statement, right? I love going for the statement, putting it on ice, you know, versus, uh, you know, just kind of maybe playing it uh, safely, you know, Uh, if the space is there, and you have a player like Kirby who has, you know, the the intelligence to say, hey, I'm going to expose this. Yeah. Why not? You know, like it, it ended up uh, it was a lovely little goal too. That's a sort of kind of uh, close. A nice little go. go on the game and the tournament. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, it's like we're hosting this. We wanted to do this, and we're taking this. We're taking this title. We're keeping it uh, for, for ourselves. I, I loved it absolutely. Uh, you know, between Kirby, you know, Hemp, you know, I mean, England is, is is really showing out a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely high. If this, if nothing else, with this tournament. Uh, i think it's made a lot of people hype for you know the euros and uh upcoming qualifiers for how they're gonna shake right. up but uh it was it was uh it was a delight it was a delight being able to to cover this uh during this time being able to watch it right on paramount plus uh state side of things and uh, i loved watching the the reactions you know from people on on social right because yeah. like in case people don't know we typically put highlights on our attacking third youtube page so people reacting to that people reacting to to goal clips um, on Twitter. It was uh, it was nice, and uh, here's to here's to many more. You know, Arnold Clark. <laughs> come yes. We'll see uh, what happens in the future.
0: But as you mentioned, I mean the the Euros. Ooh, I am so excited for this. I mean, more nations involved. I think it'll be really fun to see these. These three, specifically yeah. German, England, and Spain, go at each other again in yeah. the year when there's so much more on the line. I think we maybe will see a little bit of different personnel in that sense. I know for Germany, they're hoping they have a lot more of their star power back because they were missing so many players for these friendlies in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, this is fun. It's, it's games, Sandra. We talked about this. It's games. We have matches happening, yeah. have things that we get to cover and watch. And <laughs> oh, I love it. God, love, football is back. I <laughs> love,
1: uh, love to come on here and do that soccer. That was for all my, my European birds uh, tuning in and watching us. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you all, uh, as always, for joining along with us here on Attacking Third whenever we go live or whenever we're recording. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for much, much more. Go ahead and follow us on at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review now on Spotify. And if you actually have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question. And Lisa and I will answer it during a mailbag segment. We're also available as video, so you can subscribe. Just go ahead and hit subscribe right on that YouTube page at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back with another live tonight following the She Believes Tournament. So just stay tuned for that. USA versus Iceland. It's going to be a European sweep. I don't know. We'll see. For San Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was the second third.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.